This episode is brought to you by Graffiti Beauty and Barber, serving up the dopest cuts and colors in Southeast Idaho. Anytime I need a haircut, lineup, hair dye, whatever you name it, I go to Graffiti Beauty and Barber. They take care of me and have been taking care of me for years. I recently dyed my hair and I am so in love with my hair. You guys need to check them out. The stylists there are great. The barbers are great. They offer all sorts of service and their customer service is top tier. So get a hold of them at 208-356-0044. That's 208-356-0044 or follow their social medias. It's your boy, the one with the scar face, your boy Scarface. And today I got a special guest. Uh, you do a lot of like self-defense classes, seminars, and things like that. I even attended one, which was actually pretty cool. I've never been to one. And it was just like a whole new experience. The the owner of Spartan Mode, Adam yep, Boyce. That's me, Adam Boyce, owner of Spartan Mode. Spartan Mode. Well, yeah. well, we'll get into all that. I was going to start off with questions right away, but uh, I'm glad you came on. I remember... Um, Back when you invited me to the class, I was like, oh, like this is it was a whole new experience for me because I never really go like to classes like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, thank you for, you know, inviting me to that because that was a that was a whole experience. Absolutely. It was awesome having you, man. I, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. And, and it was a while before you like that. You've had a show, right? Or I had a seminar. Yep. So before that seminar, because of COVID, the last one I had was in San Francisco in January. So it was almost uh, nine months in between Dang. seminars because of COVID. So you were itching to get out there. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want people to get to know you. Uh, are you from Idaho? Yeah. So I uh, was born in Roberts, Idaho. Okay. And then my family and I, we moved out to Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we moved to West Jordan, Utah, and then here to Idaho Falls. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I lived in Guadalajara, Mexico for a little bit. Oh yeah, because you you did did a yeah I was a missionary for yeah, a couple of years. Okay. Yep, yep. So I lived there, and then I came back to Idaho. Nice. Yeah. So, so you you've been a little bit like all over. Yeah. Uh, so where did you do most of your schooling at? So my all my college career was at Pocatello, was at Idaho State University. Okay. So I have a bachelor's degree in human resource training development with an emphasis on adult learning. Mm-hmm. And what made you decide on that? Uh, so. One of the reasons I did that is uh, I was going to ISU. I was working in a special response team as a sniper and assaulter, and so I'd work shift work. So I was working days and nights. Mm-hmm. And one of the only uh, careers that they, or excuse me, uh, college degrees they'd pay for was human resource training development. Um, but it just happened to be that training and adult learning is something I was passionate about, so it worked out really mm-hmm. good. Yep. And what did you do in that? Uh you said it was a company that you were working for? Yeah. So I worked on a special response team. It's like a SWAT team. Mm-hmm. I was a sniper and assaulter for roughly about six and a half, seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were teaching them how to use it or they were teaching you how to use like the, the sniper rifles and assault rifles? So at that time I was an operator. So I was the guy behind the gun. Oh, okay. Yep. I wasn't in training stuff at that point. Um, it was a little while later until I got into the training side mm-hmm. of it. That actually during that period, I was a defensive tactics instructor, so mm-hmm. teaching all the hand-to-hand combatives, okay, um, intermediate force, all that stuff. That's part of what I did, but my main priority or main job there was being a sniper and a soldier. And what made you like lean towards that? Because uh, were you like during like high school and stuff like that? Were you? Did you love guns? Did you love that whole? That whole world. You know, the funny thing about that is uh, I never really shot a gun until I got on the special response team. Like I'm I'm kind of uh, unique that way. Most people kind of grew up around it. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of long story short, um, when we lived in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, my dad and my two brothers and, uh, you know, I was three. My brother was 18 months old. 
uh, my mom left one day. She just mm. didn't want anything to do with us. So uh, she was out there. And my dad kind of had to take care of us by himself. So as a single dad, he didn't have time to take me shooting. He didn't have time mm. to take me fishing. He was always working. Um, so yeah, I'd never been around that stuff until I, I got lucky enough to get on um, as an officer and then worked out uh, to try out for the special response team, got on that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And from then on, and so when, when did your actual, like, cause you do a lot of hand to hand combat. Mm-hmm. Did you learn a lot of it there? Yeah. Yep. Uh, a lot of it there. And then once I started there, so uh, I, I started doing jujitsu kind of mm-hmm. off and on um, any martial arts I could pick up training Muay Thai, boxing, um, Filipino martial arts, mm-hmm. um, anything that I could learn to, to better protect myself and those that are around me that I love. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what I did. What was it mainly for that to almost like to have that? Uh, cause after doing your class, I felt like, well, I didn't know a lot of the things, right. You're like, that's, that's true. Like you never know when someone's going to attack you, right. which I have a wild story that happened to me just yesterday. Wow. Uh, so I was like, Oh, it was, uh, me and, uh, this guy named Johnny, he's going to come around. He's super cool kid. Like, really creative, really like wants to be around like, uh, the whole entrepreneurship, like that type of feel. Yep. And he, he was like, Hey, like, uh, he wanted to, to have me take some photos of him. And so we're out here, right. We were just walking around looking for a spot. And then there's this little alley over here where there's all that graffiti. All that graffiti yeah. Right. But yeah. there's a, there's a trailer that's in the way. And so we're like, Oh, let's just go around instead of going all the way mm-hmm. around the block. So we started going around some guy we said nothing to, like, we didn't even pay him attention. Yep. Just yelled something out, like, and it riled me up, you know what I mean? Like, and he was like, uh, what did he say? Uh, he said something, I don't want to say what he said exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it, like, fired me up. And just the way he was acting, I was like, I don't know if he has something on him, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. after watching, uh, like, your classes. Yeah, yeah. Because he was, like, doing something weird with just his hands. fidgety, huh? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, that's why I was like... First of all, I don't want to fight in front yep. of these two guys because I don't want them to be like, oh, violence is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, I, I just got upset for the fact of what he said. Yep. And that we were paying, like, we didn't tell him anything. Like, it, yeah. we were just hanging out, minding, minding our, our own, own business. And yeah. he just decided to say something to us. And mm. and it, his buddy was even, uh, he's like, hey, man, I don't got a problem. He's like, it's him. Like, I don't know what his issue is. Wow. But I, I saw I saw the whole, like, being like, like really fid- fidgety and yeah and it, uh, now that i think about it i remember of your class like just like some of the things that you covered in the beginning so yeah. so those people that don't think because you know, there's those people like oh i don't need to do a self it'll never happen yeah, it'll yeah. never happen but you yep. never know like that could have been a bad situation absolutely so like what was that why you mainly got into it was like almost that's, just the self-defense for your part and your family yeah that's a big part of it um uh one of the things i uh, when I was growing up, I lived in Grant, Idaho, and there was a Grant, uh, the Grant store was like a gas station yeah. right around the corner from my house. And there was a lady there named Fidella. Mm-hmm. And anyway, one day, some teenagers, they were 15. I was 13 years old at the time. So I knew them. I knew their family members, their kid, their uh, brothers and sisters went to school with me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, while I was at school, they, they murdered her at this gas station just yeah. around the corner from my house. And after that point, it's like, man, I live in Idaho where there's like more cows and people. Yeah. And if it can happen here, it can happen anywhere. Oh yeah. And so from that point, my perspective on the world changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of just said, I need to figure out a way that I'm never in a position where somebody can do that to me mm-hmm. or do that to the people I love. Was there any, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Was yeah. there any a point that you actually used what you, you have learned because your, your life was in danger? Um, so luckily, uh, I haven't ever had to use hand to hand on it. I've been always been able to just deescalate it. Okay. Uh, when I lived in Mexico, I had a knife pulled on me, I had a gun pulled on mm-hmm. me, but I was able to use verbal enough to, to not ever 
have to go hands on. Yeah. Yeah, but, but they didn't know that you were that you were you were trained to you know what you're doing. I, yeah. I I feel bad for them if they anything had to happen, which is yeah. weird that like all this stuff comes up because you started thinking about in the past, like when I was growing up, I was a little wild too. I had a guy pull a gun on me. Yeah. I had a, but it, me it was just like, whoa, like chill yeah. out, man. Like yeah. it's not even that serious. And some other guy pulled out a knife just because I was wearing the wrong color. And mm-hmm. yes, in Idaho, like, yeah, it, it just. Some of these kids out here are even so like even more now. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's violence is getting a little bit worse. Yeah. And do you, do you feel like that is because all the people that are, I are think, coming to Idaho? Yeah. Or? So Idaho, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but I heard from a friend that does a lot of uh, real estate investment. Mm-hmm. And right now the population for Idaho Falls area, if you include kind of the surroundings, about 90,000. Mm-hmm. Their projected growth for Idaho Falls is 480,000 by 2028. Oh, dang. So even if it's half that, we're the, we're the size of Boise in just a few years. Mm-hmm. And with that, obviously you're going to bring in people of all different types, more crime, more crime. And as you're going to start seeing, you know, the economy, maybe start hitting it, hitting a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, people might get a little bit desperate and, um, that's, that's what people do when they, they're backed up against the wall. They're mm-hmm. going to look for opportunities to prey on the weak so that they, what made you decide to like start teaching because you, you were being taught at first, right? Yeah. What made you decide besides the, was it just the grant thing that like, Hey, I'm going to start teaching other people to defend yourself or was it, I'm going to teach myself. And then eventually did that lead to teaching others? Yeah, that's exactly how it started. It started with me wanting to be as good as I could. Mm-hmm. And then people seeing the skills that I started to develop and like, dude, Hey, will you teach me how to do that? Can, mm-hmm. can you teach me how to open a knife? Can you, you know, teach me some basic jujitsu? Mm-hmm. Um, so just people started asking questions and then, uh, just because of the need, uh, open up opportunities to start teaching. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have the intention to be a teacher. If, I mean, if you an instructor, if you kind of meet me at first, you'll, you'll notice I'm almost a little standoffish. I'm not really like an outgoing, Hey, I'm, yeah. I want to show you everything. In fact, I'm usually pretty quiet as far as what I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when people started asking and found out what I did, um, it kind of opened up that door of, Hey, let's share what I know. Yeah. So w- when did you start teaching? So as far as the knife stuff goes, I've been teaching for about five or six years. Mm-hmm. Right about that ball, yeah. And did you have to get like certain uh, certifications and mm-hmm. things like that in order to start teaching? Yeah. So as far as the knife stuff goes, I train or teach martial blade concepts. Mm-hmm. So it's a system developed off of modern standards. So, uh, you know, a lot of the Filipino martial arts, they teach knife stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more based around the legalities of old olden times in other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the U.S., we have different laws that, I mean, you you're restricted with a lot you can do as a good guy. Yeah. And so that's why I went with this system. It's, it's based on how can I legally stop somebody as quickly as possible when they pose a deadly threat to me or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since you've been, is there a certain, uh, like, cause I know you mentioned it in the, in the, the seminar that I went to yep. that you're certified in a certain type of, um, that only a few people are certified in, in this area, which, what, what was that? Yeah, so it's called Martial Blade Concepts, and as far as, there's different levels. So they basically have an affiliate instructor. Mm-hmm. So that could be somebody that Michael Janich, he's the, he's the founder of the system. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody that uh, he's trained with, that he knows has a good experience. Maybe they're a black belt in jujitsu or mm-hmm. or um, something else, and he knows that they're good instructors. So he's like, all right, um, I know what you do. I'm going to make you an affiliate instructor. So they don't have full authorization to go teach everything, but they can kind of just start study groups and let people start training with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has an associate instructor. So to get an associate instructor, they've got several pages. It's probably about five pages of notes of just topics. And each of those topics has multiple layers of questions and, and uh, venues that you can go or directions you can go. 
Um, so you have to know all that material. And then what they do when you go to what they call Marshall Blade Camp mm-hmm. is they put you through what they call a conga line. So it's basically a line, depending on the year, between you know 10 and 15 people. And they're throwing different angles of attack and drills at you and just trying to kind of see if you'll mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, once you're done going through that, that uh, line, and, and, and mind you, it's about 7,000 feet elevation in Colorado after about three days, so you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Janich, the founder of the system, will make you do a, a, a drill with him. He'll mm-hmm. call something out, you do it. Um, and then at one point, he makes you drill out the knife, and then he'll come at you full speed. And you have to stop that knife attack and then take him to the ground. So... That's uh, for an associate and then to do fully certified is which I am. And there's only about 20 to 25 of us, mm-hmm. I would assume in the whole world mm-hmm. that are at that level. Um, you basically have to do that whole thing again. But when you do camp, you have to go up in front of the whole group and you have to teach a random uh, topic that the instructors pick for you. Mm-hmm. So they put you on the spot and you have to, with you know 20 or 30 other instructors, pin picking everything that you're saying apart, you have to uh, confidently teach them the principal. So was that like your first time teaching? Like is, is when they put you on the spot like that? So you had to like almost force yourself to like teach them? Cause I, I was going to ask, how was it teaching your first class? But they, yeah. it, it sounds like they put you on the spot at first to see if, if it's something you could do. So I'd actually been teaching seminars, um, with Marshall Blade concepts right after I got the associate instructor. Mm-hmm. So the basic instructorship. Um, so I actually, well, it would have been about a year or two that I, I continued training and teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did multiple seminars. I averaged probably about one a month is what I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gained a lot of that confidence speaking there, teaching there. And then for a living, um, I work for a government agency. And what I do is I'm a, an instructor. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly getting in front and doing presentations and, and talking. And then I took a class called Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like a speech class where you have to go through all this stuff. Okay. Um, so I, I'd kind of gained um, confidence in teaching, but the the big uh, difficulty with teaching it in that group and getting fully certified is everybody there knows, knows the system really well. So you can't skip anything. Yeah. Like you have to be able to de- describe everything and make sure that people get it. So when you started the seminars, because I know um, you get comfortable in what you're doing. Yeah. Did you ever get nervous, like your first seminar that you're going to you know, teach on your own? Absolutely. Was, that, was yeah. that pretty nervous wracking? Yeah. So one of the first ones I did that wasn't here in town was actually in Boise, Idaho. Mm-hmm. So I had people paying me a hundred bucks to come down, teach, you know, I had a full class and this was going to be my first big seminar. Yeah. So I'm driving a few hours to get down there. Um, people are waiting for me at the door <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, man, these guys are wanting what I have and and they paid good money. Yeah. And so I have to deliver. So mm-hmm. there was absolutely some stress the first few times I did it. And there's still, I get a little, a little nervous every now and then, like, you know, fly to San Francisco or Pennsylvania or, or wherever I w- was traveling to. It's kind of like, man, I, I want to deliver the best product as possible and make sure that everybody walks away confidently. Yeah. Cause that's one thing that I believe as far as self-defense is not everybody's Bruce Lee. Not everybody can do high kicks or, um, all the techniques that I show. So one of the things I like to do is make sure that the system or the concepts that I teach are for that individual, Mm -hmm. for what they're afraid of, for what they're most likely to face Mm -hmm. and then put them in a position where they can do it. So it doesn't matter if they have arthritis or they're old or, you know, maybe they don't have the strength. I want to give each individual full capacity that they can defend themselves if they're ever in that situation. So there there's stress with that. Mm Mm-hmm because I don't just give out a generic, here you go, all right, pay me your money. It's like, I, w- I want you to be successful. Yeah, and, and, and I see that. Um, what was the biggest um, class that you've had so far? 
Um, so we capped it out at 40. Um, I did that one in San Francisco. We were actually on track to do another one in San Francisco this year, and we were going to cap it at 65. Um, so the one I did with 40, we actually had a waiting list. People wanted oh, to do it. Sold out in three days. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, th- there's interest, but again, the, the COVID because of what I do for a day job, I ha- have the best job in the world. Yeah. And so I don't want to compromise that job by traveling and the restrictions that we have there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of, kind of put that on the, the back burner a little bit. Oh. And how does that feel like having to put, cause I know you love doing it. Oh, I love doing it. Yeah. <laughs> does it, yeah. does it suck? Like, just, it, it, cause it, like you want to do it, but yeah. also like you said, you love your day job Yeah. and like, I mean, it's, it's really hard to like choose one or the other. Yeah. So the hard thing with it is I absolutely want to go out and teach more. Luckily for my day job is I wake up every morning excited to go work. Mm-hmm. So I basically, I get to teach heavy weapons, firearms, explosives. Like I get, I get to do all the jobs that kids dream of doing when they're kids. Yeah. So I wake up every morning without an alarm clock. I hit, I hit, wake up at three fifty every morning. Sometimes it's three fifty two. sometimes it's three fifty three. Yeah. But I'm so excited to go to work. I don't need an alarm clock anymore. Yeah. So that's what kind of prevents me from going on and doing more teaching is there's so many opportunities with my current career, um, to do things that people don't get to do Yeah, that, uh, that I, I understand eventually COVID's going to slow down. And then these seminars are just going to take off again because I'm getting interest. I mean, I'm getting people reaching out to me still like, Hey, when can you come to Montana? When can you come to Utah? Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time of when I feel comfortable, like, all right, let's go travel again. Yeah. 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 And when did you have the one here? The last one that you had? Uh, we did that one. I think it was September or October, somewhere in there. So okay. it's been a few months. And were you kind of iffy about that one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we capped that one off. I think we had 20 people total. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that, that filled up really fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just because of social distancing and because it is a, a contact um, experience, I mean, you have to get up close to somebody to be able to experience this. Um there's, there's that limitation. Yeah. So, uh, I had a question just based yeah. off, you, there's always people who want to troll everything. Oh yeah. And yeah. Everything you do. Yeah. Have you ever gotten those people like, Oh, like this, this is, this is dumb. It doesn't work. Like, yeah. have you, have you gotten some of those? I've, guys? Had, a, I've had a couple, but really, um, surprisingly not very many. Um, I had a, one guy that used to be on SRT with me that just kind of, we, we do, I, I posted a, a video on Instagram that was basically, a knife versus a gun. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much to show that, Hey, a knife's going to win versus a gun. Yeah. The whole idea was the reactionary gap. Like whoever moves first, they have the, the advantage. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I have this training knife that lights up and beeps when you stab or cut. And so I had another guy in the class basically with a cert pistol. It's a gun that shoots a laser. Yeah. So it's safe. Um, so anyway, I had the knife, the training knife, and then I told him on my reaction, I need you to try and uh, shoot me before I cut you before mm-hmm. I stop you. And, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious when you, you start doing this a lot that the guy that moves first is always going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so the video I had is basically just me with the knife and just before this guy even can pull his knife or, dra- or excuse me, draw his gun, he's cut like eight or nine times. Oh, dang. Yeah. So it's pretty eye opening from that span point, but sometimes you get guys that are just like, well, dude, I got a gun. I'll just shoot you. And it's like, well, no, this is the case. This is real that you might not get your gun. You have to have empty hand skills to be able to get to it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I posted that video and one of the guys, uh, basically commented like, well, if you get within 21 feet of me, I'll just shoot you. And it's like, dude, that's not real. So very rarely I'll get uh, comments and stuff like that, but it's, it's more of kind of like a, I think it's more of like, I want to feel comfortable and believe what I can do is, is going to be what I need. Mm -hmm. And so they feel insecure. So it's like, I'm going to try and bring down what you're doing so that 
I feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of got to the point where it's like, when I do get those little, little comments like that, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm confident when I do, I, ser- I research this stuff. I drill it. I mean, uh, you know, we do jujitsu with gun and knife grappling and it's like, it's a whole nother level of jujitsu that most guys won't experience. Mm-hmm. So I know what I'm capable of. Yeah. Um, but, but guys just see, see stuff on a movie like uh, John wick and they think that's who they are. Yeah. It's, it's, you got to put it to the test. Yeah. And especially with the, I mean, you, you talked about it a lot. You have the like situational, like awareness, like yep. in, in the beginning of your, your, your class, um, how, how, Did you come up with the your class? Like how I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and like uh did you come up with the class or is, is there like a structure you're supposed to follow? Yeah, so uh, so as far as this the class that you came to, um that's based off of uh the classes that I've taken from Michael Janich personally. Mm-hmm. Um I have about 18 other classes that I've kind of oh, come wow. up with curriculum or whatever for myself, but again just with COVID I haven't pushed them out yet. Firearms yeah. classes, empty hands, pens, flashlights you know, all that stuff. But, uh, as far as this one, it's just kind of the very basics to get people kind of a general idea of, okay, here's some ideas, here's some concepts. What can I use? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what are some of the, the big things that you want, whoever attends one of your seminars to, cause of course they're not going to remember everything. Yeah. Like say they go to one, you know, yep. like, of course I've forgotten some things, but I've remembered some things yeah, as well. Yeah. What do you want those people to walk out remembering? Well, there's a couple things as far as the knife goes. Um, there's two things. So you picked it up when you talked about your, your walk the other day mm-hmm. is number one, being aware of what's going around. And it doesn't matter how good you are at these concepts or these self-defense principles. If you give the other guy an opportunity to do it before you're ready. Yeah. And most everybody's going to have that startle experience that, that freeze where they're like, what is happening right now? So giving yourself that awareness and knowing what's going on before it happens, getting out of there if you can is number one. That's the biggest thing. Um, number two is, you know, again, going back to watching movies is people think, okay, I've watched movies. People get stabbed. They burst into flames and the fight's over. Yeah. Um, it actually takes quite a long time to bleed to unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know that even if you are in a situation where something like that happens, you still have the ability to fight and continue and, and fend for your life. So having that, that, uh, purpose in life, like, mm-hmm. man, I'm, I'm going to survive this. Nobody's going to do this to me. Nobody's going to do it to my family. I'm not going to let this happen. But again, avoid everything and then having that, that knowledge that I'm going to be able to protect myself if that ever happens to me. Yeah, that, uh, I'm glad you mentioned because it, it, it's weird how like things will work and you don't even – later on when you think about it, like now I didn't even think about it then. Like instead of uh, seeing if he actually did have anything on him or yep. like escalating that situ- situation, I, I was just like, you know what? They're here watching. I don't want them to see like any mm-hmm. violence. And plus I'm not a violent guy. I don't want to go yep. – I, I was just upset at the fact – that they kind of like, you know, said some disrespectful stuff for yep. no reason. Yeah. So th- that was my biggest thing. Um, so you, you, you were traveling a lot before COVID. Yeah. You, you're going to different cities. Did you ever go out of the, uh, out of the country? Um, nope. I had some stuff lined up again for Tokyo, Japan, and we were working on Mexico and Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, COVID hit me just as we were getting ready to get big, have fun. So, yeah. Uh, so that really affected because you do a lot of traveling. So, yep. Spartan mode. It was mm-hmm. just ma- you were mainly relying on old uh, footage because I, I see yep. you didn't stop posting. Yep, you know yep. you were constantly posting, constantly, yep. which a lot of people would have just said like you know whatever. Like, yep. we, I can't do anything. So were you like I, I just gotta remain active? Yeah, just kind of keep pushing stuff. Um, I've I've had a lot of of uh, people reach out to me lately, like hey, how do you how do you do this? How do you do that? So one of the 
the movements I'm going to do or one of the directions I'm going to start going with it is, all right, here's how you open a folding knife. Mm -hmm. Um, here I'll, I'll just, I'm going to start doing more snippets of useful information of here's things that you can use instead of just relying on the old video. Because like you said, I don't, I don't, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't, yeah. So yeah, especially this year since, uh, you know, uh, the presidency just right. got switched over, so no one knows what's exactly going to yeah. happen. That's why over at Tops, we're still waiting to, to see what's going on because, yep. I mean, I think that's most of us. Yeah. Luckily enough, here, I, I thought I was going to uh, not have as much to do mm-hmm. just because of COVID, but I actually had a lot to do, you know what I mean? That's awesome. And then that's where the podcast came out of. It was just, I was like, I need to almost adapt, mm-hmm. you know, because we need to figure something out. I'm not, I'm not just going to sit at home and not do anything, <laughs> yeah. you know? So no plans on any shows coming up, right? Nope. Not, not right away. I mean, I've got some stuff. USCCA still wants me to come back. So that's the United States Concealed Carry Association. Um, I was supposed to present for their expo last year that got canceled. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so not nothing in the works currently just going to reschedule. Uh, I got about 13 seminars. I need to reschedule oh, from wow. previous. And then I've got a handful of other people that have reached out. And I mean, I'm excited for some of them when this happens again. I've got San Diego, Honolulu, Hawaii, Tokyo, Japan, mm-hmm. um, Kansas City. I mean, just fun places to travel. So I'm I'm, I'm ready to to do that when this COVID stuff slows down a little bit. Do Do you like getting a lot of that like uh, feedback? Kind of like I just gave yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like, is, is that how does that make you feel? Like when you get some feedback about something that you actually taught? Yeah, um, that's that's probably my my favorite thing is when people come back, um, like for example, so, um, I helped teach a, a seminar in, uh, assisted in a seminar in California. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the gentlemen that was there, um, he'd been doing another system for about five years. And at the end of the two day seminar, he came up to me. He's like, I learned more useful information in these two days than mm-hmm. I did in the whole previous five years of this system that I was studying. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, that's kind of cool. Cause I know what I bring is valuable mm-hmm. And it's it's not so much an art. It's like a, here is the scientific breakdown of why this works, and and making people more capable. That that brings me joy. Nice. Yeah, yeah I had another question, especially because you're wearing a Spartan mode hat. Yeah. What? Why did you decide on Spartan mode as the name? Um. Or was see. was there a, a name b- before that? No. So I actually didn't have one. So I used to do a lot of Spartan races. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I think I've done about nine of them or so, and I just kind of thought the Spartan you know, how they survive on little and the, their warriors, their ethos. I mean, there's some stuff with their history. I'm not hundred yeah. <laughs> percent with, but, but I, I just like that mentality as far as like, I don't need a lot to survive and I'm, I'm going to be as capable as I can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's actually about the time when all that beast mode was popular. Remember? All oh that? yeah. 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 Beast going beast mode. Yeah. So some guys used to joke about, Hey, voice mode, you know, they used to say, Oh, he's going voice oh, mode. Voice mode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for some reason it just, one day it was like oh, Spartan mode. That's kind of cool. So mm-hmm. we just went with it. And then that, it just stuck ever yeah. since then. Yep. And, yeah. Cause I, I ask, cause sometimes some people have some names before that and you're like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> I, I should have looked into it. I should have been like, yeah. Yeah. let me go way back to his Facebook and, mm-hmm. and see, see, see if there was some name on there that you didn't want people to know. Yep. No, it's always been Spartan mode. So always been Spartan mode. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, because you're going to that class, uh, yep. you know how Ed is coming yeah. uh, over to the tops. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, I'm excited for you. I'm I'm definitely in that one, too, as well. What do you, because he teaches something differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are you looking to, because him, I feel like he teaches more how to, like, 
if you're in that situation, like how to like take that guy down and yeah. take it out. Yeah. Uh, what do you hope to learn from, from Ed? So that's kind of one of the cool thing. I really look up to Ed quite a bit. Like, like I said, our philosophies are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I did live in Mexico, I understand some of the, the challenges that he faced when he was doing the anti-cartel work. Yeah. And I'm just excited to pick his brain and see, you know, how he approaches things because he's got some real world experience doing some stuff that most people will never get to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing with me is I always try and travel and take as many classes as I can. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, last year, I got to take an explosive breaching course that was two weeks. Um, I took a class with Mike Seeklander, professional shooter. I took a class with modern day samurai on red dot pistols. Um, I took a situational awareness class with Rory Miller and then all the training that I get to do for work on top of that. So mm-hmm. that's me. I'm always looking for, okay, what's the best thing and, um, if what I'm doing is not the best, I'm going to keep continuing to learn and get better so that whatever I present is good. Cause you'll, you'll find with a lot of instructors is they'll rely on their morals. They'll say, man, I was the best 20 years ago mm-hmm. and, and I'm still the best. And it's like, no man, things evolve. Oh yeah. So don't be afraid to listen to other people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm excited about with Ed is it's just like, I, I want to hear what he has to say. I've seen his YouTube videos and his Instagram and he just seems like a really cool guy that knows a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, and he's—I've seen some clips on his uh, his classes. Uh, they're kind of intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one I was watching where um, somebody was getting tasered. There was yep. water going off, uh-huh. uh, yelling. Yep. They were trying to put on a, a tourniquet, and I'm like, <laughs> "Holy crap!" Yep. You know what I mean? I don't think the one we're doing is is that intense. I don't. Yeah, I think this is more of uh, the weaponology. Yeah, weaponology, which will be really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, you, you also do, you said you're doing a lot of, uh, like gun training Mm -hmm. as well. Are are you, and I know you mentioned it when I was at the seminar that you you were teaching also like, uh, you were going to start on some, what was it? Self-defense classes? Yeah. Open open up some more, um, to civilians. So again, for my day job, I teach firearms. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a lot of requests as far as, you know, with, with all the, uh, riots and everything that started happening last year, people are starting to realize, man, I might have to take care of myself. There might not be someone coming to protect me. Yeah. So there's been a lot of interest. So, um, there, there are plans to teach, uh, firearms courses to civilians. Okay. Yep. Dang. I, I definitely got to go to one of those. Yeah. Cause even me, like, I, I mean, I have, uh, most of us have like shot in a gun or yeah. own a gun, yep. but we, some of us don't, actually get the like the proper training that we need because yep. you could potentially you know hurt yourself oh, or hit, hurt somebody else you know what i mean yep. and um that's why like when when, when we did your seminar mm-hmm. you you make us use the the, the trainer knives yep. or there's also other knives that you made like custom made yep is, is that did you start that before like or did you have somebody to hurt themselves that you were um, like, oh, let's let's rely on tra- trainers. Nope. So I've never had anybody hurt themselves in my class. Um, I've taught hundreds of people at this point, and uh, that's just from the safety standpoint. I mean, it's kind of I picked that up from all the firearm stuff I do. Mm-hmm. It's like we we always safety is number one with everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you learn techniques and stuff that gets you hurt, and then you can't continue to fight or def- keep your team safe, um, it does you no good. So that's kind of why that safety is such a big deal with the way that I, I implement training with people. Mm-hmm. Plus, when you get guys coming to the seminar, I mean, we have, I've had 90-year-olds. I've had uh, mm. pregnant ladies. I mean, not everybody's going to come being a, a UFC cage fighter. Yeah. So we have to kind of implement some of those safety features. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you, you show that a lot on your social medias because some people, 
they think, oh, I'm not fit enough. I'm yep. not like I'm a girl mm-hmm. or, you know, like things like that. I remember in that class, there was uh, there was girls in there. There was older yep. people, like yep. all sorts of people. So I, I like how you do that, mm-hmm. um, especially because, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of people who get intimidated by that almost in the same way. Like I know some people get intimidated and go to the gym oh, because yeah. they're not in shape. Yeah. Uh, is, is that something like you try to push a lot? Like, yep. hey. Um, or what, what do you do to get them in there? Cause you've obviously been getting them in the, yeah. the seminars. So that's actually my, my favorite is teaching regular day people. I love teaching law enforcement and military. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you'll find when you teach law enforcement, especially is they're getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. And so some guys, it's not their passion. They're just there to pay it, get a check, you know? Yeah. So you'll actually find when you go shoot pistol matches and stuff, you'll find guys that are computer nerds and working at Walmart that are, <laughs> are way better shooters than the law enforcement because they're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I like about civilians is, is people will say, man, this happened to my friend. I can't let that happen to me. So mm-hmm. most people that come to my seminars and classes are, are, are thinking, Hey man, this could be something I have to face someday. How do I get more proficient? Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely love uh, presenting material to people that could actually need it sometime. Yeah. I was actually thinking right now too, since you were talking about, you know, how you wanted to put clips out there and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Have you ever thought about doing like a, like your own YouTube and just doing like little, little segments. I, I need to do that. In fact, I need to hire you to help me with that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, I, I feel, cause we all have to adapt. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. that's what I was telling that. I, I, luckily enough, I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded with a lot of business people yep. and they asked me for, um, social media advice, like things like that. I was like, you got to learn how to adapt. Like you, look what these other people are doing. They're, they're pushing social media. They're oh, pushing yeah. just because, it's helping them sell whatever they're selling mm-hmm. and you have to like adapt. That's why I'm saying like with you, if until the seminars get yeah, up yeah. and going again, cause there's a whole different like uh vibe when you're in person oh, and then yeah. over the video. Yep. Um, so I, I think you really should start doing just like little segments, uh, yep. two to three minutes, uh, you know, little clips. Cause like I said, not everyone is going to remember everything, but then you have something to to refer to, to yeah. like go back. Hey, like check this video out. Yep. You'll love it. And like I explained it in there, you know, or even sell it as a course, you know, that, that that's what a lot of people do is uh, right now is they're selling courses, yep. which actually do really well. And especially because you even said it that right now during this time is when uh, people see a lot more weapons. Me, yeah. it's funny because now since I've been surrounded with the knives and everything, mm-hmm. I can notice when people have knives on their pockets and yep. like, and just just little things like that, or when they're carrying a gun. And and some people don't realize a lot of people carry some sort of weapon that you can't see. Yep. And I remember the first time uh, I was carrying like a, a knife in my pocket, I felt like somebody's watching me. Somebody's yeah. gonna like think I'm trying to kill them or mm-hmm. something like that. And then finally, I got used to the knife. It's funny because it happened right there at, at the gym we go to. Yep. Yep. I was uh. Over there at Tops, get used to just flipping it open, mm-hmm. just like nothing, because yep. everyone there sees knives all day. Yeah. It's normal. Yep. I was at the gym. For some reason, I had it in my pocket, my pocket knife, and I just start flipping it open, and there's a guy, there's a, there's a guy squat next to me, uh-huh. and he's just like looking over at me like, what the heck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not normal here. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I think that's a big thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like A lot of people carry some sort of weapon now like yeah. whether they know how to use it or not i don't know but yeah i don't want i don't want to take that risk that's that's a big part i mean and then you have i mean last night was the conor mcgregor uh, dustin fight right oh, yeah uh, awesome fight but uh everybody watches ufc now everybody watches mma so everybody has a sense of violence mm-hmm. and 
most people think they're really good at it yeah. sitting from the couch, <laughs> but, but you don't know what someone's going through. I mean, somebody might be on drugs or they might've just broken up with their 20 girl of girlfriend of 20 years or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, you don't know what people are going through. So having that knowledge is critical, man. Yeah. So when can we expect that YouTube channel? I think we need um, to get going on it. I, I, yeah. I, Cause it, like I said, you got to adapt and yeah. you have like just, just the one class that I attended. Yeah. And then I, of course I noticed the, the stuff that you post on social media. Mm-hmm. Like you have a, a lot of knowledge of, you know, what you know how to do mm-hmm. and somebody else is going to come in and do it before you. Yeah. And then you're going to, yeah, I should have done, done that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Cause yeah. I, we all wait. That's why I said like when I wanted to do the podcast, I'm like, I just need to do it before yeah. somebody else around here starts doing the same thing that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then, I, then you sit there and you're like, damn, I should have done it. That's solid advice. You know, I've probably have gotten too comfortable with my day job just thinking, you know, this is what I love, mm-hmm. but I also love to teach. So it's like, why, why wouldn't I do that? So that's, that's good advice, man. I'll take that out. When you went to Mexico, mm-hmm. did you ever experience anything bad in Mexico? Was it all, or was it just? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it was a really good experience for the two years. Um, like I mentioned before, I had a knife pull on me, I had a gun pulled on me. Um, in Mexico? In Mexico. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's where it happened on the bus. That was the knife. And then in a, a guy's house, he was drunk, he pulled a gun and aimed it right at my house and asked, or aimed it right at my face and asked me if I'd ever wondered what it would be like to die. Oh, wow. So I was basically the same arm reach from you. Mm-hmm. So pretty, pretty freaky experience, but, um, and then as far as other interesting, inter- uh, experiences I had, I was in the city called, uh, El Castillo mm-hmm. and it was kind of one of the more dangerous areas of Guadalajara. And, uh, I was there on a Saturday night and I was walking and this guy came up to me and the guy's with, and he's like, Hey, what are you guys doing here? And he was just a little bit off. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we kind of took off running. Um, the next day we were walking around, we were walking by that same area and I heard this like creepy, like howl, like a wolf. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is weird. But I wrap around the corner and there's this big group of people in a circle. And in the center of the circle was that guy that put his hand on me the night before mm-hmm. was basically reaching out for me and it stoned him to death. Oh, wow. So, I, you know, I saw stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, man, everybody in Mexico just give, literally would give me the shirt off their back. Yeah. 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 Just good people. You know? Yeah. There's always a, cause I remember when I would go to Mexico too, there's always yeah. something weird that happens, mm-hmm. but then like, for the most part, everyone's so nice there yeah. and like loving. I, I remember I went to the, I would go to the store sometimes and I didn't have enough money and the mm-hmm. lady would just be like, just take it. You you know? like, yeah, yeah. And I was yep. just, just a little kid and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Uh, and it's cool to hear things like this because it almost helps people see like wh- why you are where you are now mm-hmm. just because little situations that happen like that, you know, this guy pulled the gun and yeah. that probably like stayed in your head. Mm-hmm. You're like, if somebody pulls a gun out, on my head again. Like yeah. I, I'm going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. What, you said that was the first time that ever happened. Yeah. That's the first time I ever had a gun pulled on me. I had a knife on high school, but it was more of a, uh, as at a friend's house and he had a friend come over and he had a kitchen knife and he was doing basically like where they try and stab you and then roll their hand over. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that game that they would do? Yeah. So that was like the first experience I had with somebody like putting one at me. Um, he cut my shirt and it was, Oh, kind wow. of, oh you know, this is not a game. This is real, but, um, luckily it didn't go any further than that, but, I don't. I don't like being in those situations. So again, that's uh, that's why I do what I do. Yeah, I think that's why um, I, I stick away away from violence too. Because I remember in high school, well, it was a little mm-hmm. bit after high school, I actually got shot at. Wow. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys were gonna go fight like these this other group, and they're like, "Let's go, let's go." And I'm like, "No, I don't. I'm good." We were at a party, and I'm like, "No, I'm good." Yeah. But just go and let's go watch. 
I was like, all right, whatever, let's go. Mm-hmm. And I'm what, like 18, maybe 17, 18. So I, there I go. It actually happened over there uh, where Target is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on the side. I don't think Target was there yet. Anyways, uh, I'm over here showing my age. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was weird because I'm, I've am i always been aware of what's going on. Yeah. So like I was just sitting there like watching what was going on. Nobody was fighting. I'm like, this is dumb. I should have stayed at the party. Mm-hmm. But then I saw some guy like walk around and go to a trunk of a car. And then he came out and like with a rifle wow. and, he, and just came out, started shooting. Wow. First thing I did was grab my little brother, grab like throw him on the side of the car. And then mm-hmm. after that, we were out. Good. But Man, that, that's scary though. Right. And again, here in Idle Falls, right? Yeah. So it's like, no, nah, this is a safe place. And, yeah. and I feel like now it's being more aware just because social media, mm-hmm. you know, back then, yeah, we had a little bit of like, we had MySpace and things oh, yeah, like yeah. that, but the news wasn't posting on MySpace, mm-hmm. like saying like, this is what's going on. Yep. So since like little things like that happen, yeah. uh, w- what are some like, tips to tell people to be aware of like if someone's if you're gonna get in a fight with somebody right? yeah, yeah like what are some things to be afraid of like hey if he's doing this like you should probably run yeah so number one uh one thing to think about that most guys don't realize so a lot of the people that i've trained with that have been stabbed mm-hmm. in real life almost all of them said man i i thought i was getting punched mm-hmm. until they felt something warm and wet mm-hmm. running down their hand or down their body um so a couple things if you're getting punched more than likely, if they're empty hand, it's probably going to be to your face. Mm-hmm. If they've got a knife, it's probably going to be low attack. So they're mm-hmm. probably latching onto you and low line thrust. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one to think think about. Um, always watch the hands. That's one thing that we'll teach um, in law enforcement is the hands are what brings the danger. Mm-hmm. So if they're hiding their hands, um, I mean, you saw in the seminar how quick you can pull something oh, out. Yeah. But if they're hiding their hands or blading their body or they're giving you a thousand yard stare and looking through you, those are some indicators that they're they're up to no good mm-hmm. yeah oh i thought you were gonna say something oh yeah yeah go ahead no uh so, so have you seen some of these that, that, like but you were able to like de-escalate the mm-hmm. situation yeah so because i've avoided some situations i'll never know if they were going to actually be violent or not mm-hmm. um but yeah i've seen some pre-incident indicators that have made me say okay i'm out of here I'm, I'm leaving in fact one time i was in in mexico and I wanted to buy a knife at the Tianguis. So mm-hmm. it's like a big outdoor sales. Yeah. And uh, I was Kinda asking like people. like a flea market. Like a flea market, Kinda. yeah. So I was walking around. And I was asking people, hey, do you guys sell knives here? And everybody was saying no. And they pointed me to this guy. And they're like, go ask him. He'll, he'll help you. Mm-hmm. So he starts kind of guiding me down this like alleyway. And just like, hey, come on. I'll, I'll, I'll get you. And I just had the hair on the back of my neck just stand up like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. So I just basically said, dude, I, I'm good. I'm out. And took off. But I felt like as being a, you know, a. a got to be careful. I say this. So, uh, not tall, pretty guy, probably tall, handsome guy. <laughs> I messed up when we were doing that. So with that, it's a, you know, I'm six foot two, a white, a white guy in Mexico. So I stand out pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty good. Like a sore thumb, like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, I've, I've got to get out of here. So I, I took off, but yeah. And you were able to avoid that situation. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it cause I love my people, mm-hmm. but like sometimes they're, I mean, it happens anywhere. Yeah. There's some people out there that want to take advantage of you uh, in your situation. Because I remember one time I went to uh, Mexico. I was a lot older at the time. And this guy was charging like 20, uh, 20 pesos mm-hmm. for a car wash. And then we pull up and he washes our car and he's like, it's 200. And I'm wow. Like, I'm like, you just charge this guy. Yeah. He's like, no, it's been 200. I'm like, wow. okay. And, so instead of $2 is like $20. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then yeah. just like little things like that. And yeah. then, uh, I mean, there's the some, some of the... 
law enforcement that mm-hmm. is not. I remember we got pulled over one time when yeah. uh, we were going to a different city, and he's like, "Well, how do you want to take care of this?" And uh, my buddy was like, "Well, you can just let us go." He's like, oh, "I don't. It's not how it works." It's not work. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, we had to give him some cash because mm. it was either that. Yeah, or whatever he had in store for us, like take us to the prison, and who knows what yeah, that would been be there like. a while. Yeah, so I, I told him because we were gonna go meet my parents there in a whole different state. Yeah, and we were gonna we were just driving. We're a bunch of young guys, mm-hmm. so being a little too wild. So, what do you have in store like coming up? Like, I, I know you're not doing shows. But are are you planning on like? Because I want people to get to know you, get to know like what you do, and learn from you. Because I learned some like some some stuff that. You didn't think that you needed to learn. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the whole situation, like awareness, the whole fidget, like when they're fidgety and like, yeah. um, and, and not just that, just how to defend yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you have upcoming that you can tell people? Uh, so one thing I have been thinking a lot lately is uh, because social media has been kind of taking a hit a little bit, mm-hmm. I have been thinking about writing blogs, like blog articles. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's too old school or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might I might just have to stick with the YouTube like your suggestion, but... Um, that I've had a lot of people reach out and say, dude, you got to sell some shirts and some patches and, um, have that knife that tops makes for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to push that again. So there's, there's a few things like that, probably more push videos and, uh, yeah, mer- merchandise. Yeah. Merchandise. And, and even if you don't want to, you can do like the little e-courses, like mm-hmm. I was talking about, uh, yep. cause that's almost like a seminar. I mean, you don't want to give them all the information cause yeah. later on when you actually start doing your seminars. And then that's when they they can start coming out. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it it sucks. This whole situation sucks. Mm-hmm. When, when did uh, when did it sink into you? you that we're like, oh, we're not gonna do anything Dude, so, this year. Yeah. So that probably uh, last year when I was getting ready to go to Tokyo, Japan, we'd bought the tickets. We had the seminar oh, all lined wow, up. You were ready to go. Yeah. So about November of 2019. So over over a year ago, um, we had everything going, and then. Uh, the host in Japan basically reached out to me. I was like, hey, there's this cruise ship off the side of Japan here that they've got this COVID thing. And it kind of remind, reminds me of things that happened when they had the um, outbreak years ago with, uh, I can't remember what it was called. SARS? SARS, I think. SARS? SARS, SARS, yeah. So when they had that, it was like, this is reminding me a lot. This makes me a little nervous as far as what they might implement. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, we'll just watch it. And then about January, beginning of January, I just got done teaching in San Francisco and probably about January 4th of 2020. And it was like, man, it's really starting to break out. Mm-hmm. We better cancel this Japan trip. Um, so I canceled that. And then after that, we just started canceling everything and everybody still wanted me to come, but it was kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, we don't know what COVID is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, all the media was pushing that this is going to kill everybody basically. Yeah. And so I was nervous of, um, of setting some up and then have to refund everybody and do that. So we're like, well, let's just put on hold for now. Plus, I didn't want anybody to get sick. So yeah, or you, yourself can like, go, yeah. go yeah. over there and, and get sick. Yeah, yeah. whole all of last year is it's just been weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we started with it, it's funny because twenty twenty was supposed to be my travel year, right? Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna visit. I, I've been wanting to go to Egypt. Yeah. I've been wanting to go to Brazil. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna visit all these places. And the, the first, my first trip was actually just shot show because you know we have we go for tops. Yep. And after that, and I'm all excited. I was like on a high off of that. And then I had another trip coming up too. But then slowly, like you said, like there's this like fire. At first you didn't really think anything yeah, it's kinda of like it. What? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it starts getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. To me where it really hit me, like we are like this is 
one of those like movies mm-hmm. was when uh, I had to film a, a mini, I did a mini film for one of my classes yep. uh, and I did it on COVID and I'm like, oh, I'm going to sh- wake up super early or wait until everyone goes to bed mm-hmm. uh, and get like footage of the empty streets. And I was just driving and the streets were empty. Yeah. It was like noon. Wow. I'm like, just empty, parking lots empty. Yeah. And it was just weird because like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the park and mm-hmm. just get the empty. And it made it even more dramatic just because they had the caution tape on oh, the, wow. on the yeah. swings, on the everything. Yeah. And yeah, I'm making that mini film, but I'm like, what is going on? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Like, it, this is not normal. Yep. And uh, it forced me to adapt and it forced a lot of companies to adapt. Oh, yeah. And that's what Spartan Mode needs to do. That's what I need to do. Spartan Mode need. needs to adapt because, um, and just reaching out to other influencers, you yeah. know, sharing your stuff. Uh, I know recently you just sent, you sent, uh, I don't want to say real, uh, Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah, yeah. Baby yeah. Yoda patch. Yeah, and like, she's she's blowing up, you know yeah. what I mean? I remember when she didn't want to do anything. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. If we. She finally got that confidence. It's because mm-hmm. people judge a lot yeah. on, on social media. Yeah. And I, I just told her, just post and don't worry about it. People are going to say something regardless. Yeah. And I mean, you, you have, you know, a lot of context. Yeah, yeah. That can help push whatever yep. you're pushing. So hopefully, you take some advice from yeah, myself because I'm I'm looking to do some some gun classes too. Like, yeah, and I'm excited because I'm gonna do the Ed class too. But that's yep. like a whole different like I, I I feel like that's more of an extreme situation. Yeah, yours is more of a this can actually happen situation. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean, like that because yeah. some of the the videos that you were bringing up, they were just people hanging out. Oh, yeah, or, and do you, do you ever get feedback like? bad feedback for showing those videos because uh, they're kind of graphic no not not in class so most people i i warn people before we show the the video so just for the listeners one thing i'll do in all the seminars is we want what i teach you to be realistic yeah um so we don't want it to be mystical martial arts magic that i i touch you here you you, you know you spleen <laughs> seven and you're crumbled to the earth so yeah. <laughs> we always show videos like here's how people attack and so again at the beginning of the seminars i'll say we're going to start with videos. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you how an attack actually occurs. Um, this one's pretty graphic, so get ready for it. Yeah. And I've, you know, like I said, I've had um, old, old ladies come, um, young, young women, um, and nobody's ever complained about it. Yeah. To because, me, uh, what, what it did to me, like when I saw those videos, because yeah. I'm going into the, whatever I do, open-minded. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I remember I had a card reader on here yep. and, you know, I don't necessarily believe in that, Yeah. but I was like, tell me why you believe in it. You right. know, I'm open to anything. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like going into this class. I'm like, I had never been to a self-defense, yeah. like self-defense class. So this is cool. I'm going to sit here and just be like an open book. Yep. And then when I saw those videos, I'm like, oh, like they're just pe- normal people yep. like, hanging out. They're doing and their thing. Y- you showed some in the U.S., outside of the U.S. Yep. It can happen anywhere most of the time when people see videos yeah they'll see them like in a, some other country and so even then they're like nah, that's not yeah, happening over here yeah but it, you, you show videos from all over and it, you kind of get that feeling like oh sh-, like this could probably happen. Could happen yeah and I, I think a lot of people should have that mindset is like you never know like yeah. you could next week say you want somebody's birthday you go to the bar and then mm-hmm. it just goes bad yep. yep so um where can they reach you at um, so the best place to reach me is on Instagram. It's Spartan with a period and then mode. Mm-hmm. So Spartan.mode. Um, on Facebook, I'm Spartan Mode LLC mm-hmm. or just Adam Boyce mm-hmm. on Facebook. Uh, started doing the TikTok after you did. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that one out, but that's just Spartan Mode. And then where else I got? That's it for now, but I'm going to have a YouTube channel soon, right? Yeah, soon. Yeah. That, that way you can get some people uh, just getting tips. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because... Uh, 
especially right now, people are doing a lot of uh, watching TV, yep. watching it, like different stuff like that. Because you just you never know what twenty twenty one is going to bring us. Oh you, yeah. I mean, you saw what earlier how they stormed the Capitol. Like, yeah. What if you were just someone who wasn't involved in that and it just chaos occurs, yep. you know, yep. you always got to be prepared. You always got to be ready. So that's why Spartan Mode YouTube coming soon. That way you guys can get uh, just a little glimpse of what he does. So if he comes around your, a city near you, you're able to attend it, you know, and, and yep. actually get that hands-on experience because that's a whole different uh, experience. You know what I mean? Like getting getting to hold the the, the almost realistic knives because you, 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 did, you did it off so your knife. Yeah, Some of so them, based off my knife that Top makes. And, mm-hmm. and on that note, you know, asking about where you can reach me, I also have a, a webpage, SpartanMode.com. Mm-hmm. Um, while you brought this up and I don't have a YouTube channel yet, but I need to work on it. So what I'm going to do, if you, if you go to my website, it's spartanmode.com and at the very bottom, you can subscribe to my email list. Um, when I get these email or when I get these YouTube videos going and some of the stuff, there you um, go. if you're on there, I'll push it out. Um, I have that knife, uh, that tops builds for me and I actually have one left. I sold out of all of them, but one. Dang. So I think, you know, you mentioned the YouTube thing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to save that one knife and then I'm going to do a drawing based off of all my email subscribers. So and we'll start the YouTube channel. There so you if you want a chance to win the knife that sells out, um, hop and, on spartmode.com. And and I know at first when I saw your knife, I remember I, I saw it uh, yeah. when I was over at Tops, and I'm like, why does it look like that? Cause yeah. it, it, it has a weird shape to it. Yeah, like, yeah. Not a, well, based off the ones I've seen, but then after taking your class mm-hmm. and like why it's made it the way it's made, yeah. I'm like, that makes that's sense. Why. You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. what was your knife called again? Uh, it says the uh, Gogi. So that's the Gogi basically means like the the trial that the Spartans went through mm-hmm. to become a Spartan warrior. Mm-hmm. So this is the Gogi two. So I had a, a previous model, and then this one with tops. But yeah. they always sell out fast. I mean, I had the, the very first run I did. Um, Doug Markita from Forge and Fire shared it on Facebook, and I sold out in thirty one minutes. Oh wow! And then this next run I sold out, and I've just got that one left. I've been kind of holding off. I was mm-hmm. going to do it for a charity or something, but I think. Like I said, now that you've mentioned YouTube, let's do YouTube. Yeah. Get on my page. We'll uh, put out an email when that starts rolling and we'll, we'll put out a winner to win one of those knives. They're about $155 is what they cost. So Yeah. And it's a, a really, especially in the self-defense world, it, yeah. it, 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 you can even use it for EDC purposes, yep. but you'll also have an EDC knife and a self-defense mm-hmm. weapon. So, yeah. Adam. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure. And hopefully you get to get like traveling. Yeah. Uh, you know what we should do? What's that? After we do Ed's class, we should get together. Yeah. And like you, because I know how Jesus is in it too, mm-hmm. and just talk about the experience post. That would be awesome. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, like, we need to do that. That's, I'm excited excited and nervous about it just yeah. because I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting myself <laughs> into. Yeah. And Ed's insane. Mm-hmm. Not insane, but he's he, he's intense. That's, yeah. that's what I should say. Yep. But thank you for coming on. Ooh, my pleasure, man. Go follow all his social medias out. Go bug him about his YouTube so that way he can get that up <laughs> yeah. and rolling. That yeah. way you guys can get to, to know Adam and see him in his element, which is awesome. Cool. Again, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time. This is awesome. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys on the next one. See ya. Say bye, Adam. Bye, Adam. <laughs> <laughs>